So this is a talk about doubt. I think your question was, how would Zen answer my doubt in the project? And if the question is, how would Zen answer your doubt? I would say the quick answer is it won't. Um, Zen doesn't answer doubt. Uh, Zen invites you to examine the doubt fully, to, to embrace it look at it closely and see what it's telling you. Um, that's what we do a lot of times in meditation is we sit with our anger, with our doubt, with our uncertainty, with our fear, uh, whatever we are experiencing, that is what we examine. That's what the awareness is. We don't necessarily try to think about it, to analyze it. We just try to remove it's not like we don't we don't add anything any analysis or judgment we remove our or we try to remove our preconditioned responses our years and years of habits and 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 thoughts and ingrained prejudices or whatever and just simply experience the in this case the doubt and try to see what it's telling us so we, we, in Zen we talk about you sit with it. Sit, when we say sit, that refers to the meditation. Sitting is the same verb as, as meditating in Zen. Um, and we often, you'll hear it talked about, treat it as a friend, welcome it. Don't try to reject it or to shove it away or ignore it. And in, sometimes we talk about kind of personifying it, asking it, what do you need? Um, and what are you trying to tell me? And, and you'll see where is it coming from and with something like doubt or actually so many of the what we call negative emotions anger and fear you know come from the same kinds of places a kind of a deep-rooted insecurity or there's something that we're aware of that we don't want to admit we don't want to let it be real or you know I don't know what it is it, it, it changes with each particular case um, and in many ways it's like peeling the onion um, and, and I guess the best example I give or the common example I give is in my divorce when I was going through my divorce which was of course a, a terrible time and I would meditate and which was extremely difficult because when I had no distractions all I had to do was to think about my all the, the horrible emotions that come with a divorce and I would think about, you know, I, I don't have enough money to pay, you know, that I can live after paying the mortgage for her and the expenses for all the kids and because she didn't have a decent job. And every time she was asking me for more money, my heart rate would go up. It was an immediately an attack on me. And I would, as I would sit with it, the layers would start to fall away. It's not, not an active process where I would really start to try and peel them, but just the process of meditation I would say well you know we kind of see well why am I reacting with such fear you know well she's trying to take all my money okay well what's wrong with that well I don't have enough well yeah it's it's tough we're gonna have to figure out a new method you know living with two households and you know and then for some reason I thought about her well gee think about how scary it is for her you know she's trying to support two children and she doesn't have a decent job and she's relying on me and she's just kicked me out of the house and so, you know, that's got to be kind of scary that she thinks that she's got to depend on me when she's 
really hurt me. And, you know, if I think I'm scared of not having enough money, how scary is it for her? You know, at least I've got a decent job. And, and you know, that, that, all, that whole process, I mean, that was very helpful. That helped me to relax and to, to understand better, to see her point of view, to see what was driving my, my responses. And it didn't fix the problem. You know, the money was still there. The problem was still there and all that. But it helped me to see that, you know, my buttons were being pushed and, and to judge how I wanted to respond and also to be a little bit more compassionate for her. Um, of course, this all sounds much easier than it actually was, but still, it was, it was a step in the right direction. And that came from sitting with those feelings, just letting them be there, instead of trying to deny them or trying to avoid them by being constantly busy with entertainment, you know, doing things or being with friends or watching TV or whatever. Um, to just be with it and, and fully experience it and see what it was telling me. And that can be a very, very hard thing to do and it takes practice to do it. But that's what Zen would say to do with your doubt. And let me back up a little bit and um, talk about Zen versus Christianity and dealing with doubt in general. And maybe I'm, I'm uh, gonna get in, into trouble here because to compare, although you've asked me to done, do this on a much larger scale, so I'll try it in a small scale here first. To compare Zen to Christianity, that means I'm going to have to make some statements about what Christianity does and does not purport, uh, which is dangerous because obviously I don't get it. If I got it, I would be a Christian. So obviously I run the risk of misrepresenting what Christianity uh, represents about some things but I think if I try and stick at very very general high-level uh, statements it, it might work in general I think it's safe to say that any of the judeo-christian traditions don't place a high value on doubt uh, belief is required and uh, there should not be doubt in that belief, or at least that's the way it was in the church that I experienced and with you know most of the people that I know that are Christians that have spoken with me about it. Um, whereas, and it offers great reassurance, great certainty, you will be saved, you will, you know, uh, go to heaven and, and, and have eternal bliss. Um, and in Zen, there's no such reassurances, there's no eternal reward, there's no uh, escape from from the pain of a physical existence. Um, there is the learning to accept it and work with it, and but there's no removal of the doubt of, you know, gee, is something painful going to happen tomorrow, or you know, how am I going to deal with that? Um, there's no certainty in that point. I'm not explaining this very well. Let me go to the next point. And there's a saying in Zen saying that says that the, the Zen path requires great faith and great doubt. So, uh, and I'll explain that. I think the faith part, I've already touched on a little bit. Faith doesn't mean the same thing as in Christianity. It means you have faith in the process. And again, to go back to my exercise example, once you have, for those who have done some exercise seriously, and they see the changes in their body, 
they have faith that exercise will lead to changes in their in their physical health in their body it's a faith born of observation and that's the kind of faith that Zen talks about is that as you sit as you meditate uh, you will and as you practice the precepts and all that you will uh, see the benefits and and I see that very very clearly in my life as I a great example was it helped me through my divorce and so I have faith that that process works so that's one half of it the other half is great doubt um, and in Zen the doubt is meant to be directed towards have doubt in your beliefs in your opinions in your attitudes in your prejudices in your uh, views um, because they are just abstractions just representations they cannot possibly represent the full reality um, in one of the very very famous Zen sayings one of my absolute all-time favorite quotes is he who would seek the truth must first cease to cherish opinion let me say that again he who would seek the truth must first cease to cherish opinion because when you're full of opinions all you're judging when somebody else says something or when you experience something different is you compare it to your opinions and see whether it's right or wrong you can't see the truth the reality the the full experience how many times have you changed your mind when you got more information about something it happens to me all the time and that's the typical foot-in-mouth experience you know you make some kind of a comment um, you know um, I uh, did it one day at uh, school I was talking to somebody else and I saw a, uh, a Hummer and I said wow you know that's kind of pretentious for a soccer mom to drive around a Hummer and then I find out that her husband works for a dealership that that sells them you know so then I felt like an ass because I made a comment without you know I made a judgment I had an opinion and I expressed that opinion without fully knowing what was going on so um, and that's a small example but it applies on a much greater scale than Zen um, that you cannot fully appreciate reality when your head is already full of opinions um, there's there's a famous Zen story where there was a great uh, a wise and learned uh, uh, teacher or something I don't know who or I think it, it was in the days of uh, China and it was a bureaucrat uh, you know a government official and who had a reputation for being very wise and he went to the Zen teacher and says I want you to to tell me all about this enlightenment you know explain it to me and the teacher invites him to sit down and have tea with him and and he starts pouring into the the ministers teacup and he pours it and it fills up and he continues to pour and it's flowing over the sides and the minister says uh, you cannot you should stop pouring you cannot add any more to the teacup and the Zen master says you know uh, minister just like this teacup your mind is already full of opinions and ideas there is no room for anything more to accept something new first you have to be empty so doubt in Zen doubt is essential 
to finding the greater truth, the greater realization, to be more open to reality, to doubt our own opinions. And, and as I've meditated on this and practiced and, and deeply observed my actions and behaviors and things, I, I've really come to feel this deep in my bones that I, the, the more I drop my opinions and beliefs, the better off I and all those around me are. And it's hard, again, it's one of those things far, far easier said than done. Um, but I can see in my own life that when I do let go of my tightly held beliefs, at least a little of my opinions, that, that I'm actually more at ease, I suffer less. Um, so Zen will not, you know, give you an easy way to eliminate doubt. Um, in fact, in Zen, uh, I think I mentioned earlier the three ask process to become more formal, more dedicated students. Some students are turned away uh, because the, the, the master or the teacher judges that they are not really ready to do that kind of work, to face those dangerous negative emotions sometimes. A lot of people turn to religion in times of trauma. Uh, in times of great grief, in times of great tragedy, death in the family, death of a dear one, a, a divorce, um, you know, financial loss, loss of job, something like that. A lot of people turn to religion in those times. And for religions that offer comfort and, and support, that can, be, that can be great. That can be a life vest for them. Um, and Zen, we might say, again, I'm, I'm trying to be careful here, but this is kind of my opinion, that that's kind of a, a band-aid or an immediate fix, but it's not going to fix any long-term issues because they'll just need help the next time that happens. Zen's not going to give you immediate comfort when something like that happens, but when practiced long enough, it does give you the tools to handle those things when that happens again and again and again. The problem is, um, just like if uh, you know if you're in the jungle and a lion comes up to eat you if you're if you're an experienced runner you can run away if you're not an experienced runner and if you're you know kind of overweight and uh, got a heart problem you're not gonna get away far enough fast enough and the lions gonna get you but you can't change it right then you have to have been exercising for for months and years in advance to be ready for that critical moment that catastrophe so a lot of times a Zen master will turn away a student who um, will have nothing but difficulties to deal with on the cushion. Uh, I went on a retreat with uh, uh, a gentleman. He was actually a, uh, a very, very nice guy, but he was a trauma victim. And out of respect for him, I, I will not discuss you know what he went through. But that was what he had a tremendous amount of what he had to deal with on the cushion and so he even though this was a meditation intensive retreat he would not sit the full schedule with this he would participate he would sit some he would participate in the discussions but he would have to take a break and there are some people who will be quietly sobbing on their cushion as we deal with our inner de demons there are times in meditation of, of great bliss and great joy and great peace and moments of realization and there have been times when I break into a smile you know while sitting 
and there are times when I break into a sweat and when I want to do nothing more than get off that cushion and get away and turn on the TV or go do something fun than to face my divorce or my temper or or why I, I, I yelled at Duncan or why I sent a snide email to, to Chris or you know boy let me tell you there's, there's plenty of, of things for me to face on the cushion um, so some students are turned away if they're deemed to be not ready to handle that. And I guess the point of saying all that is that Zen doesn't offer any easy answer. It offers you a toolbox. It offers you a gym to work out in and, and exercise techniques, but it's up to you to do the work to, to be ready. So in conclusion, to come back to your question, I would say, you know, Zen does help you deal with doubt in the long term as you learn to recognize every time your doubt pops up and what kinds of things trigger doubt for you. And for every person, it might be a little bit different um, and how to deal with it. And so I would say right now is just examine it, accept it, um, look at it, see what it's trying to tell you. And that's the only way to to really work through it because if you just try and avoid it it just keeps coming back and back and back it's just like a child if you try and avoid a child's attention they're just gonna keep coming back after you daddy 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 but if you pause and give them your full attention find out what they want address the issue you know help them with it or whatever then a lot of times they'll go on and play and and you can get on with whatever else you need to do and in Zen, we say it's the same thing with our feelings and emotions and things like that. Not to try and deny them, not to draw any kind of Spock-like character, not to have any doubts or fear or anger or, or joy or love or anything like that. But to fully experience it, to give it your full attention and to see how it really needs to be addressed. So I, I think that's about all I can say on that.